Welcome to the Couch Time Podcast, where we give you tools to connect with your kid and point them to Jesus. I'm Ryan. And I'm Aaron. All right, friends. And today is a fun day. Super exciting. We are kicking off our summer series for the Couch Time Podcast, where we are reading uh, this book. Show it on the screen for those who are watching, but it's called Engaging Your Teen's World. Uh, subtitle, Understanding What Today's Youth Are Thinking, Doing, and Watching. It's written by Dan- David Eaton and Jeremiah Callahan. Um, I would give the cover like an 8 out of 10 rating. It's easy for me to spot on my... Yeah, it's funny though because everybody I talk to and give this to and reference, they're like, man, who uses headphones that have cords in them? <laughs> So it's like they made this cover and it was really relevant for like a month and then Apple came out with cordless AirPods. Totally. And now it's like... They're hose. Yeah, it's not good. Man. That's, but yes, the cover is pretty fantastic. I like it. Anyway, so this book, um, written by some guys who work for an organization called Axis. Um, you can go to their website. We shared a bunch of their stuff. Yeah. Parent guides and... Yep. Yeah, yeah they're great. They're, um, they're even... I know they're headquartered in the Colorado Springs, so we... Um, when I, even when I was in Boulder, worked with them a little bit, but great, great crew, great organization. They've written yeah. this book for us. Um, and really I think the intent of the book and what we're going to walk through throughout the summer, this is our little summer book club yep. for you all yep. is, um, we'll take it a chapter at a time and, uh, just discuss what they're talking about mm-hmm. and what their strategies are for, uh, engaging in, uh, your, your children, students at youth group, their world. So mm-hmm. We're excited for that. You don't need, we would encourage you to read the book. I think it's okay to say you don't have to read yeah, the book sure. to follow along with Everybody's the Everybody's busy. Like if you can read it, great. But it's yep. like, even if you can't tune in, because it's such a valuable resource, we want to get you nuggets of wisdom from it, which is why we're doing it. But you yep. don't have to read to, you know, to follow along. We'll do our best to yep. dissect it and spit out stuff that we really like for you. Totally. So we hope you can follow along week to week. And even if you're popping in and out, I think that's great too. I think there'll be good nuggets each week, um, all centered around this topic of engaging your teens world. So it's going to be good. And so today what we're going to do is, uh, this week we're doing chapter one, but also the introduction. I thought there were some good nuggets from the introduction as well. So Aaron, I'll just walk us through it a little bit and I've highlighted some things, um, that I think stood out to, to me. Uh, Number one in the introduction, I think that they sort of state their purpose in the book right on the front end in the introduction on page 10, where they they say, the authors say, we want to move you from being a caring adult in the life of a teen to a confident influencer Mm. of your teen. So Nailed it. And when I was thinking about confident influencer, I actually think of like social media influencers. (laughs) Influence is a word that's been hijacked by social media, yeah. Yeah, but... I was also, I remember during the pandemic, I was listening to a podcast and was talking about how how teens are being discipled essentially by social media influencers. Yeah. They are yeah. watching them, listening to them, learning what social media influencers sure. are, t- are doing, saying, how they're living. And so in a sense, we're, we'll, hopefully this book helps us to redeem that a little bit mm-hmm. to, to help parents or whoever you are listening to this podcast, if you're a volunteer or even if you've got someone in your life that is a teen how you can influence Mm -hmm. and um, disciple students and teens so i thought that was good move from being just a caring adult to an influencing adult yeah i think that that's fantastic and influence 
I think that influence is something that is related to culture and relevance. Yep. And I think that that's hitting the nail on the head that this talks about is, you know, kind of a tool to help become somewhat relevant in your teen's world or people that you know in their world. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Yep. All right. So chapter one titled, You Are a Third Way Parent. And the book ha- starts classic book style, like three quotations to start the chapter. Yeah. I actually thought the third one, it's, uh, it's from the Barna Group. They released a study on um, how people are engaging and communicating um, in uh, in light of social media and all that. So they released a study in 2018 that says that the average adult says that they only have one spiritual conversation a year. It's shocking. <laughs> it's pretty shocking. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, what is a spiritual, spiritual conversation yeah. and one adult, one year? Like, those are pretty vague, but at the same time, kind of shocking just to think about and consider. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I think probably a lot of you have more than one conversation a year. I hope so. I hope. But it's just a, like, I know for me, when I read them, my first reaction is like, oh, yeah, I, I probably could have more. But mm-hmm. sometimes it's awkward. Sometimes it's hard to know how to do that. So... Hopefully this this book will help with some of these things and get really practical. Um, all right, so just moving along the the book. Um, let's see. So they start off with their basically both the authors their personal stories, which I think was cool. Um, setting up how they got um, engaged, even with their organization. I've talked about one of the reasons they they write this book and started Access.org is because they saw how teens their faith struggled to stick yeah post high school yeah so what aaron even as you think about that why does why do you think that sometimes happens why do teens struggle to carry their faith on um into college or whatever post high school looks like yeah i think that that's i mean the book talks a lot about that in the intro but then it just carries that's somewhat of the premises and and their goal is like teens owning their faith and it's sticking and it becoming their own. And I think part of the reason it doesn't is because, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a few thoughts that I've got, but primarily I think students aren't known. Yep. Um, they don't, they're struggling independence, maturity, what they're wrestling with doubts, fears, failure, shame, sin. There's so many things. And a lot of that, if they don't have somebody who knows where they're at, knows what they're wrestling through, you know, they're looking to people, influencers for hope, uh, for help. And spiritually speaking, if, if people don't have teens, don't have somebody helping connect biblical spiritual truth to things that they're wrestling with they're going to look to worldly things for hope and for help and so it's like but it it takes somebody to influence them biblically somebody to influence them with truth so um i i think that if teens don't have people or aren't in places where they're hearing biblical truth and it's not connecting to the heart of what they're actually wrestling with yep there's a disconnect and the older we get the the bigger that gap becomes i think because the more sin that we see the more shame that we have the more experiences the bigger perspective we've got um and i think that uh i think people need to be very serious about connecting with teens and and being very in tune with where they are now what they're wrestling with what questions they've got what you know what are they looking for what do they need 
So I don't that's know if that great. answers the question, but no, that was great. I think that's my, that was my takeaway too, is that one of the main reasons we see students abandoning their faith, um, when they get beat, when they move out of their house and go off to college is that, um, they don't have someone who is engaged spiritually mm-hmm. consistently in their life. And yep. so they become untethered from youth group, untethered from their house and sort of stray away from the faith. Yeah. I would also say with this culture that we're in, uh, and I would say, I mean, you've been in student ministry for, for a while now and at multiple churches in multiple states around the country. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same with the widening gap between technology, social media, and the people who are influencers. Mm-hmm. There's a, a growing gap between the people who are in their life understanding where the students really are because they're in this separate world almost, and which this book talks about it, but the greater there is a need for people to go out of their way to enter where their culture and world is. Yep. Um, yeah. And I, I assume that that's the same across yep. any culture in the U S any state, any city, any youth group, anybody that's got a cell phone and social media, that's, that's the case. Oh, totally. Yeah. And it just looks different based upon where you live. Yeah. Completely agree. But so I, what I would say this chapter, the main idea that they are laying out for parents, for the reader is they are encouraging us, if you care about a teen, mm. to become what they call a third-way parent by engaging with your teen instead of fighting or flying. Mm. So when they when the book talks about a third-way parent or it really or a third-way influencer in the life of a teen, it's someone who's engaging, mm-hmm. and and that's the third way, way one and two, or what they describe as fighting and and flying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and even reading the book. So to how that looks, you know, like, like you were just talking about students have this world, it's teen culture. It's what yeah. they're seeing. It's what they're experiencing. And typically we either fight against it. Um, so that, I mean, that, that can look like literally having fights with your kid, trying to shelter their, them from these things, trying to shelter yourself from them or flying, which means just ignoring it, running away with Bury it. Burying your head in the sand, yeah. Burying your head in the sand. And I think even when I when I think about how I engage with students in the youth group of like, because I'm also confronted with this. Yeah. I typically fly. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I just give up. I'm like. Your small group leader will handle this. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I can't, It's things are always changing. And actually there's like, even when I look at my youth group, there's so many like, interests that kids have it becomes like some kids like bowling some like video games others like can't do it all you can't do it all and so it's just overwhelming and i i disengage yeah from trying to engage and learn um so how about you for me what it looks like is i'm really embarrassed because (laughs) i come across as the old guy so i try to i try to do research into the lingo that they use or to a certain subculture with anime or with something and then i start talking about it with the kids and they're just like stop just (laughs) it's like i would have to be in it fully engulfed like i would actually have to have it as a hobby to fully understand and be able to rate relate with them and so it's it's kind of like this it's like i'm just not going to try because what i perceive their response is it's a failure um but again according to this book and i've seen it over the years Students 
I think that you communicate that you care by doing that. Mm-hmm. And this book is an encouragement to me because it's it's easier to just not and kind of stay very surfacey. Yeah. Um, and I want to be like an expert, so I want the kids to think that I'm an expert. So I have to be willing to ask questions, educate myself, and be willing to come across like I don't know. Yes. And all three of those things are really hard. Like they take humble, <laughs> intentional effort, yep. <laughs> which is hard. Yep. You just gave like three points that I think encapsulates what they're trying to get at when it comes to what it means to be a third way parent Mm. and to engage. Would you say? I don't even remember now. Um, A humble. Humble, learn, and ask questions. Yeah, ask questions, educate, like learn, like actually do some research, but then have a humble like you're not going to understand fully, but that's okay. Yep. Yeah. and I don't, I don't know about parents, but there have been a few times when, as a youth pastor where, you know, I've been talking to kids and it feels like I have breakthrough and they are sharing mm-hmm. what's actually going on and what they're actually, it, it kind of feels like this moment of, oh my gosh, they're opening up. Yeah. They're telling me what's going on. Yeah. It's happening. And I, <laughs> like distinctly, I think your point of like, what, is it, what does it look like to engage and be a third way parent? Like for me, genuinely, I I have this memory of some students sharing with me like what it looks like for them to engage on social media. Snapchat was what they were struggling with. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a bunch of guys and they were talking about how, uh, you know, just them struggling with lust at school. And, and like it was this hour long conversation. It all started with me at like playing dumb because I am dumb when it comes to their world mm-hmm. and asking questions. Yeah. Like I don't. What, what is the point? Like, I remember like, what is happening on Snapchat? What's the point? And what, what causes drama on yeah, it? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> they just opened up this world. Yeah. And, and I think that it's really powerful too. And I've said this before to parents. It's like, but, and I see this myself with my kids even, and my oldest is only seven. I can't imagine by the time that yeah. they're going to be teenagers, the culture that it's going to be different then, yeah. but you can't parent your kids based on your childhood. It's like the truth, the truth of your like principles you can, but as far as the context is different, for example, lust, like that hasn't changed or drama that hasn't changed. And there's biblical truth for that. But when you're talking to kids, you can't just plow in being like, here's how you handle drama. It's like, you have to seek to understand Snapchat. You have to sneak, seek to understand the context of how communication works now and, and then tailor your truth that you know to plate it up for them in a way that's like, oh, because I mean, otherwise you just come across as the lecturer, the parent, like, you know, the per the adult that is yeah. always preaching. Totally. Which sometimes there's, you know, that you need to do that, but um, yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it's like even using the, like the example of Snapchat when it comes to like, what does it look like for us? Like typically if it's fight or flight, mm-hmm. it's either I'm going to fight against the social media thing, yeah. tooth and nail. And maybe you need to, yeah. like maybe your child is abusing it. It's genuinely not healthy, but I would start with learning. And if you learn that your child is, it is not healthy, then you can fight against yeah. it a little bit. Right. But I really, I really liked in the book, it talked about the motivations for the three, so it's like the fight and the flight look different, but the motivation's actually the same. Oh, that's right, yeah. And it's fear. Yep. And a lot of a lot of parents I talk to, 
their parenting when they come to me to it's like what do I do with my teen they're struggling with pornography it's like they're struggling with you know drinking or smoking weed or they're really struggling with depression and anxiety whatever it is there is this I need to do something because I'm terrified what's going to happen to my kid yep it's like that's not wrong but if that is the only motivation that you've like your kid may never stop doing what they're struggling with. Yep. It's like if you just want to protect them from the things you're scared from happening to them versus connecting with their heart, like that is what the thing that has to change. And the engagement isn't just letting them do whatever they want, but it's also seeking to That's get at blight. the heart, not just try to keep them from happening to them whatever your worst fears are. Yeah. Um, and it's... I think for parenting, it's walking a line. Again, my my oldest is only seven, so it's like I, I'm not an expert. But with teenagers, there's a line between being their best friend and seeking to understand them, but also being the responsible adult and authority in their life that has to yeah. tell them what to do and have restrictions and be the bad guy. You know, so it's it's a line to walk. But yeah, and also I I sympathize with parents who <laughs> fear is the. Mm-hmm. It's like I might let. Like when it comes to what what my child is experiencing, having to let go of some control, <laughs> and like with the knowledge that that might lead to sin, yeah, and exposure mm-hmm. and loss of innocence, it's like, oh, that, I don't have kids. That is like what keeps me up at night. <laughs> so I, I, I'm like when I think about having kids, like, oh my gosh, that is terrifying. Yeah. So I, yeah. man, the fear is, is very real. Like, yeah. It's it's like stop being afraid. It's like. It's your, your kids, your child, like my children, mm-hmm. I'm terrified about what, what the <laughs> world is going to be like when they're 12, yeah. when they're 13, you know, but yeah. you know, what did Jesus say? It's like, we're not, we're not to live in fear. Like we have truth that transcends and is timeless, um, you yeah. know, and it applies, but that's where the battle is at the heart of the kids is applying the truth, yep. not just keeping them from bad things happening. All right, so here's what I'm going to land. Um, I thought there was a good good little paragraph that I'll read for everyone on page 22. Um, when talking about, you know, this chapter is a launching pad, mm-hmm. and it's um, introing us into one of the main ideas, being a third-way parent. A third-way parent is an engaged parent. So uh, middle of page 22, third-way parents have a growth mindset. They keep learning. They adapt. They're willing to look at themselves and ask Am I a part of the problem? Are my kids on their phone all the time because they see me on my phone all the time? Mm. How do I need to grow as a parent so my kid can grow in their faith? We love hearing from parents who are growing. So um, I think those are good sort of marching orders mm-hmm. to, to end, the, end the chapter and end this episode is like an engaged parent is a, is a learning and growing parent. Yep. Like I always tell our Student ministry volunteers, when, when it comes to leading kids spiritually, we can't lead kids where we haven't gone before. Mm. So, um, and I, I think that's probably the same posture. We as youth pastors, we have parents, people who are trying to engage in teens' world. How am I growing? How am I learning mm-hmm. about their world? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the phone quote, or the, or, you know, are the kids on their phone all the time because they see me on my phone all the time? It's like I see that in my marriage. It's like, man, like when I disengage, yeah, my wife will too. Mm-hmm. Like I lead the way in that. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. So just encourage you guys as parents. Um, we, we start off chapter one, 
third wave parent. We're not gonna third wave parent. Uh, we're not gonna. What does it look like for you to engage in your teen's world and and what they're experiencing instead of always fighting or always flighting, yeah. running away? Yeah. Any closing thoughts, Aaron? Yeah, on one of my favorite quotes from this from this Ooh, chapter yeah, yeah. on page twenty, and and I agree with them, but they they're talking about. Um, specifically the culture and it's like every parent's working from a deficit as far oh, as yeah, like, like not having an under like yes. there you have a deficit as a parent like you don't understand you don't get it like your kids somehow some way and it's like that's that's not crazy like many days it would be easier to be in our cubicle at work like it'd be easier to be doing something other than parenting yeah like it's hard to parent but back to what you said at the beginning you know, talking about faith and teens having a faith that is their own and it's sticking after they turn 18, after they're out of your roof, under from under your roof, at, they're not your responsibility anymore. They're their own adult. Like, what will you have imparted to them with faith? And it says on page 20, uh, we believe a heart connection gives you the best chance to pass on lifelong faith to them. And I, that's what I think the book is about. That's I believe I've seen that in my own life. It's like the people that have influenced and impacted my life, my parents, but also other individuals. I could list five to ten of them right now that connected with my heart as I was a teenager that over the years I trusted and I listened to and God used to speak truth to me. And and I really do believe that. It's like connecting with your kid's heart is is what you should be after. And so the third way parent is that's how you engage. Yep. You don't operate out of fear uh, and you don't operate out of... Uh, I just hope this is going to work out. I'll see them when they're 18 and hope that we're friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Thing. So, and I think parents, I even, I just think of you guys like this summer where when this podcast, like front end of summer, you're going to have vacations, yep. trips, lots of time, like, like you're gonna have a lot of time to really like experiment, try, ask questions and engage your, your kid's world. So yeah, we'll be praying for you. Yes. And, um, yep. but yeah, we're excited for this book. Hope you, you uh, yep. tune in, read it, or just uh, plug in when you can mm -hmm. and engage with us as we walk through the book. Hey, thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at the couch time podcast. We'd love it if you would take a moment and leave us an honest five-star rating. Let us know what you thought about the podcast and let us know if there's any topics you would like us to cover. You can comment below or email us at podcast at graceky.org.